Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to a very special edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I am your host, Ken M. I'm in the studio by myself, but fear not. I have a creator on the line returning to the show. I almost want to say, like, it's a guest, but it's family at this stage because, obviously, if you've been listening to the ODPH for a long time, and I really hope you do, make sure to drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcast player. We've had the esteemed pleasure of having this guest on and talking about their amazing line of comics and how they've really set a, a pace to be followed on Kickstarter campaigns with such successful books as Pocus Hocus and Grandma Chainsaw. And now, currently, as we are recording, you have one week left. I mean one week left to make your comic book collection that much greater by adding in the spinoff character of Pocus Hocus, who's now in his own solo series entitled Horace in Hell. <laughs> I can't I can't speak highly enough about this book, but there's somebody, like I say, we have him on the line. He can speak about it a little better than me. Parlay Club is in the building. Family of the show. Welcome back. The one, the only, Alan Dunford. Alan, hey, what that's is me. going on? What is going <laughs> hey, on? Oh, man, not a lot. Just, um, you know, doing this, this Kickstarter thing, like always. <laughs> yeah, but you do it so well. Oh God, I don't even know why we keep doing it. It drives me crazy at this point, but it is honestly, man, it's been so much fun. And and like you said, you know, with, with Horace and everything going on, it's uh Horace has definitely surpassed our expectations are already out the gate. And I know we'll, we'll talk about that soon. I'm sure. Yeah, no, the campaign really took off and exploded out of nowhere. I mean, longtime fans of top hat studios, knew this was going to be going on because the one thing that I, I can't stress enough when I talk to fans, this studio really has a buzz that is growing by each volume that comes out. And it's one that since Pocus Hocus one has consistently been blowing up. Word of mouth has been spreading throughout the comic book community. Every time we post a review on parlay points, it gets bigger and bigger. And we have more people saying like, what's next? What's next? And now with the spinoff character who really stood out and stole some panels away from the title character to see him now in his own solo series, which looks absolutely incredible too, by the way, is just something for you know fans to really get excited about. And I mean, Alan, I guess I would ask you is like coming out with the campaign. What is your feeling now? Because you cleared goal first day, like within three hours. Yeah, that was, um, that was what, so this is our fastest funded book. Um, and it's it's kind of funny because we didn't know what was going to happen with this. Whenever we we first launched it, um, you know, my co-writer Will and myself, we went in with a couple different scenarios. Um, of course, it's it's always the the first scenario is what if no one buys this, right? Yeah. And we we still need to make a story that is conducive enough and enjoyable enough that people will actually still enjoy it. And we can wrap this thing up maybe in, you know, like two issues. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we obviously had the other scenario in our head of, okay, what if this thing actually does really well? 
then what do we do? Is there enough here for this thing to, to still be enjoyable and we can still build like its own universe around it. And luckily the latter happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we're going to be able to, to keep putting, putting out more horse and, you know, it's crazy just to see how well this thing has done. And obviously, you know, we, we have to uh, tip our top hats to, to people like you, ODPH and, and obviously, uh, nerd initiative has been huge yeah. for all of this too. Uh, just can't thank you guys enough for all of this. So yeah, it's been, it, this has been wild, honestly, you know, but it, it's a testament to the work you and the team have put in. And it's yep. now we've been fortunate enough to share this with nerd initiative. Shout out to the entire team there that has mm -hmm. really gotten behind this campaign. And it's been so organic about how it's won everybody over. Like, it's not one that's like, oh, here, we got to plug this book and really try, you know, selling it and we're not fully behind it. Mm -hmm. Everybody that's read it has been really excited about it and think that it's just such a cool thing at the comic shops and really to add to their collections because it is very unique. I mean, to see how you have this very independent line come out and mm -hmm. now you're growing it forward. And that is probably the, the best thing of about being a DIY book is you really don't have any restrictions of where you can go with it. You can right. really have a lot of fun. And clearly you and the rest of the team are because you can just tell by reading it. They're, they're like when it's a true testament about how much care or creators really care about a book is when, yep. you, when you can tell as a reader sitting at home how much enjoyment is coming out of the panels. Like whatever you're putting the characters through, like you can just tell. And there is a certain way to get that. And I think, yeah. and, oh, I'm sorry, go right ahead. No, I was going to say, dude, no. And that's that's the thing we like definitely always try to pride ourselves on, right? Um, and we've talked about this before. If we're not having fun creating something, then we are a thousand percent doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing we always, always, always try to look at is, are we having fun? And if the answer is yes, then the reader is going to be having fun. Right. And, and that's one thing that, I mean, you can definitely tell. And obviously seeing a badass bunny go completely <laughs> wild in hell. I mean, why don't you give a, a quick breakdown about what is Horace and what he is all about? Yeah, there's there's a long answer and then there's a short answer. So uh, just we looking at time. the campaign. Go right ahead. Yeah, we got time. Um, so, yeah, just looking at the campaign at face value. Um, Horace and hell follows the story of a pink demonic rabbit named Horace who happens to get pulled out of hell from a magician who has these inexplicable powers. He pulls him out of hell. And uh, in the process of Horace being pulled out, he thinks something else is happening. So he pledges his eternal allegiance to this magician. And then he just comes to find out that this guy is not what he thought it was. Um, and the magician one night after a show wants to pull out another monster out of his hat. And it, that's what sets the stage for the rest of the series is Horace trying to make it right. The things that he's done. And that's something too. You can definitely see is the friendship here is not exactly one that plays into any typical, you know, team up. I should say it's more of right. just uh, one of convenience. Ben Horace now understanding the playing field that's going on. And mm -hmm. just you're seeing how this character is just kind of slowly broken away from being the side character in Pocus to now fans are really excited to see where he's going. Yeah, that's I think that's the craziest part, right, is Horace was one of those characters. You know, I think any creator will will have this at some point. It, it's funny because Horace was the one we spent the least amount of time on. Really? Yeah, uh, because he was never intended to be a main character. 
Horus was just intended just to be a just a fun, like, you know, little quick whip here and there, you know, like a magician with a talking rabbit. That's that's funny to us. Um, but then once he started gaining popularity, it was like, hey, there might be something else here. So we would we would talk about some of the stuff that we think would be funny with Horace or, or would be crazy if we did this with him and stuff like that. And then next thing you know, we're, we're here. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of cool to see. And it was never forced. It's just funny to see how, how well it can grow organically. Absolutely. And that's the best thing, too, because when it doesn't feel forced and a character just wins over in popularity, like even put it on mm-hmm. like to a, a different scale. It's like when the X-Men restarted and Wolverine was the breakout character. It's right. almost in the same vein here. And now to see where it's going and you definitely have that real hype behind it, too. And especially, <laughs> this is not anything that looks like Pocus because he did a big switch at the art duties. Kit Wallace is taking over for this book uh, from Brian yep. Orlando, who did who does the work for Pocus, and Grandma Chainsaw does fantastic stuff too. Kit is definitely bringing a very unique style to it. So when you were thinking about doing this project, did Kit just jump out at you, or how did he get involved? Yeah, Kit was always the the go to for this one. Um, just because of the work that Kit has done for us before. I, I think that if it wouldn't have been for Kit Wallace, we probably wouldn't have Horace where he is today because Kit really took to Horace early. Um, you know, whenever we were first approaching artists for, for variant covers, uh, Kit was the one that immediately drew Horace on a cover. And it was really cool to see that. And especially with, with Kit's own just fun and crazy and unique art style. Um, yeah, I, I think, and I, I think we'd have been doing ourselves a disservice if we, we didn't have Kit, because like I said, it just felt natural to always have him. And it definitely goes through there because obviously with the style he does, and I always kind of say it, it's, it's, if you're a fan of Scotty Young style, he does mm-hmm. have like a very similar way to it. Like it's very cartoonish, but it's very well done in the storytelling purpose. And especially yep. trying to connect Horus, who, like I say, when you see a, a badass bunny running around with a battle axe <laughs> jumping at a monster's face, you definitely want to convey that story. Like, okay, this is not going to be like anything we've ever seen before. Yep. And especially going into this idea for Kickstarter, was there any new approaches you wanted to take with this? Because, I mean, obviously you've had success after success with the campaigns. Mm-hmm. that, And I personally feel that you offer so much to the fans. As being somebody that does support a lot of Kickstarters, I feel that whenever we see a Top Hat production, it's always one that you know you're going to get your money's worth. And now going in with this, obviously, we're talking a spinoff character. You're talking a bunny. How, like, was there anything? Yeah, you are. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to say, is there anything that you're going like, okay, how are we going to pitch this that we have never done before? Um, Yeah, I mean... Every Kickstarter is its own thing. Every Kickstarter is its own beast. You you can't go into one Kickstarter and approach it the exact same way as the others. Mm -hmm. Because if you do that, then I I don't know how much success you're going to have. Right. Um, So with this one, what we really, really, really wanted to do was drive home the fun. We want to we want to make sure everyone knows and I think that's with all of our titles too. We never take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. We, we want to make sure that if you pick up a comic book, you can just turn your brain off for a little bit and just have a blast and, and just read something. We, we always want to try to uh, deliver the unexpected. And I, I think that that is kind of our, our expectation now is to, yeah. to deliver the unexpected. Right. I could definitely see that. I mean, obviously reading Pocus to grandma chainsaw, there's always this bit of mystery to it. And it's something too, as a fan, 
you don't want to think, okay, I know the story when I've already read issue one, if that makes sense. Right. Like, no, you, it makes total sense. Yeah, you want to have something that keeps you engaged. And especially when I first heard about this, I was like, okay, I'm already in because I think Horace does steal so many panels away in the regular series of Pocus. That yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you don't need much convincing for me. But to see how it was presented too and really giving him his own solo adventure. I mean, this is something that I think is going to win a lot more fans over and especially ones that want to find something different. And that's something that I, I always know when I pick up a top, a top Hat Studios book. I know there's going to be a lot of humor and there's going to be usually a lot of horror mixed in. And it's done right. and it's done at such an equal balance too. It's not like we go real heavy in one way and we kind of just trinkle in a little mm-hmm. of the other. It's pretty much a 50-50 split throughout the book, but it flows very well. I mean, that's a testament to you and Will setting everything up and really mm-hmm. kind of saying, okay, let's give the fans, you know, a really good story, but so many different elements put in. Well, thank you so much for that because yeah, we, we're really mindful uh, about fans new and old. And you know, that that's a really good segue for the next point I was actually about to make. Um, All right. With, with Horace, that was one of the, the approaches that we had to do too was, okay, we're five issues in on Pocus, mm-hmm. right? Um, there are people out there. I mean, we're getting, you know, every time we launch a Kickstarter, we see new faces and that is the most exciting thing. It's also exciting, obviously, to see returning faces because that means you're doing something good, but it's, it's great whenever you see someone new hop in, you're like, oh, awesome. That's just, you know what I mean? It's just someone else to, to really hope that we, we gain their trust and their support going on and going forward. Um, but with Horace, we had to approach it as its own standalone thing. Mm-hmm. You do not need to read the first five issues of Pocus Hocus to understand what's happening. Right. Um, because it's unrealistic for us to go in and be like, hey, we're doing a spinoff series with Horace. He's from Pocus Hocus. But to really get it, you're going to need to read all five issues of Pocus Hocus. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we would be in the situation that we are in right now, because that's not catering to anyone new. That's just catering to the people who have stuck with it. Right. Right. Um, I mean, obviously if you've read Pocus one through four, one through five, you'll, you'll see little things in there. You'll catch little references. You're like, Oh, that's, you know, Pocus is talking about his dad right here. Mm -hmm. Or, um, Oh, it makes sense for why Horace is acting the way that he is around Pocus and, and stuff like, like just little, little things like that. But again, our, our intention was, to deliver something on its own. And you, it's funny because, you know, you read Pocus Hocus, you understand that Pocus sold his soul to uh, have actual powers to impress his father and blah, blah, blah. And his assistant, Emily was uh, picked up in the promise of being able to be taught magic and stuff like that. But whenever you read this, it just looks like a crazy dysfunctional uh, stage show. Yes. And you have this magician who has these inexplicable powers for how can he pull stuff out of hell? And it's just fun like that to to be able to just to turn your brain off without really needing any backstory for the other stuff. Yeah, and it definitely works, too, because especially like you touched upon with every project you have coming out, there are new eyes looking at it mm-hmm. and especially ones that are hearing it from word of mouth. And then yep. when they finally go in and pick up a book, you want that reaction to be very welcoming and you want them to obviously get hooked on a series. And then especially now seeing how successful the campaign was out the gate. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about it, you cleared goal in three hours or less than, to be honest, like I was trying to keep track. And yeah, I mean, it, it went by really fast. Yeah. <laughs> we Like I said, we didn't expect it because, um, you know, granted, it, I think everyone will have a, a difference of opinion when you ask them about certain aspects of Kickstarter, um, I try to always do it from a gut feeling, um, which is 
usually probably wrong, but, um, you know, they, they say the times you don't supposed to launch are holiday months and then summer Mm -hmm. because holiday, obviously it's, it's holiday. People want to be spending their money doing different things or they're, they're tied up traveling vacations, stuff like that. And the, the same can also be applied for the summer months because it's, you know, it's summer people travel for vacations, things like that. So you don't really want to run a Kickstarter because you could be missing out. Um, but yeah, we, we took a risk and it's, uh, Again, this has been such a huge celebration for everyone on the team because what's awesome is even though Brian Belando, you know, who is our artist for just about everything we do, mm-hmm. even though he's not on the book right now, he's still celebrating with us. Like he's still drawing up stuff that we might even be using for stretch goals if we keep blowing it out of the water like we are because Brian is just so happy to be on the team. And I, I think all of us understand that this is so big for everybody because, you know, not only is, is Horace getting the love, but we're having people add on, you know, Pocus Hocus number one. Mm-hmm. We're having people add on Grandma Chainsaw one and two. Just so, you know, it's just, it's cool. It's cool to see, like, the audience just grow organically like that. And I, I think that's a huge testament, too, for some creators is it's okay to step outside of, of your comfort zone and, and deliver something a little bit different because that's just uh, more variety for your audience to love and maybe even find people who will dip their toe. Maybe people don't really like horror, but they like Grandma Chainsaw now, and they never thought they would in the first place. And maybe you get someone that didn't think they'd like this Faustian tale about this magician, and who knows? They might love it. Yeah, and I love that you know Brian is still celebrating with you guys, too, because, I mean, mm-hmm. you think about for where you started and where you are now, I mean, just in the course of a couple of years. And just how much. Yeah, uh, two two years now, I think, is about where we are, which is crazy. Yeah, that's like that number just blows my mind. Just yeah. because, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can only imagine. But to think yeah. about like when it first started and, you know, I just remember getting the word from Frank from Geek Freaks podcast. Shout out to Frank always, who was mm-hmm. just like running in a chat, just screaming like, you need to go read this book. And like, oh, my God, it's and just really couldn't hype it up any more than anybody mm-hmm. could. And then obviously to think where it's gone now. And just more people are getting involved with it. And you are seeing that too. And especially, I love that part of the Kickstarter as well, where you're offering the back issues for fans to go back and check out. Because obviously, with Horace being a spinoff character, yeah, there's a little bit of story with him too. But Pocus stands on its own. Brian's art is fantastic in it too. Mm-hmm. And then if they really want to try something, you give them Grandma Chainsaw, which is an amazing story in its own right, uh, which is out, like I say, I two issues out right now. I know more is on the way, but yeah, we have, it's a four issue mini run for grandma. Um, so, you know, Ken, you, you just read the halfway point and it's just, uh, this series has been a blast. Sorry. I just, I just love oh, it. No, I just love grandma chainsaws. So no, go right ahead because <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, let's give a little segue here. If anybody is listening to this, obviously grandma chainsaw, why don't you break it down for us? Um, yeah, it kind of does what it says on the label. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a, a chainsaw wielding grandma. Um, who is a, who's a murderer, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's our love letter to, you know, the classic horror that we grew up with and love, um, you know, evil dead, Texas chainsaw massacre, obviously. Um, but you know, we always try to drive it a point home. And I, I know a lot of people say this about their stuff. Um, but I, I promise you, we're trying not to give too much away because there's a lot to that book that leaves, that leaves you guessing and wanting more. Yeah, I definitely have to agree to it. I mean, without doing too much spoilers, the last page of issue two, I have got a lot of questions. (laughs) 
I really got some that obviously I won't say on air. They'll be uh-huh. saved. They'll be saved for a DM or a call later. But okay. that's the kind of vibe you want because mm-hmm. there's so much that is going on to, and especially if you really love classic '80s '90s horror, like that right. is where it plays into my wheelhouse because. I have never been a huge horror fan, but since I've been now getting uh, into more horror comics, you know, much like mm-hmm. Focus Focus and kind of really running with it, you know, I've now become more of a fan to it. And now seeing how things are set up and things that are playing out, it's always enjoyable for me as a reader to get into this because, like, it takes me back to that era. And like I say, if you're really looking for a very vintage horror story, mm-hmm. Grandma Chainsaw plays into that. And it's, it's like one of those classic movies from the 80s and 90s. Like, it has that fun vibe of horror and dark humor mixed in too. Yeah. And that's, again, we, we try to have fun, right? That's, that's our big thing. Um, and yeah, this, especially just all the other stuff that we have coming down the pipeline too. Um, it, it just sucks because there's not enough time in the year, yeah. right. Or, or money <laughs> for that matter. Cause making comic books is crazy expensive, but there, there's just not enough time in the year though for everything that we want to do. But yeah, we, but believe me when I say we we're we're not slowing down. We have a lot of stuff uh, lined up. No, that's awesome to hear. And especially talking about Kickstarters too. I mean, obviously we're at the back end of this current campaign. Mm-hmm. How important is the final stretch run to the end? I mean, obviously you've hit goal, but still we're weak out. And is there really that much of an importance still left? Or to anybody listening at home who doesn't really understand like the concept of this, is it really important to really drive the point home? Or is it kind of like, okay, we've hit our goal. We can coast a little bit. Um, so this is like, you know, this is, this is real talk now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a lot of times some people do it, some don't. Um, but our goal, whenever we put on Kickstarter, we try to put something realistic on there, right? Like, you know, this is this is how much we we need for uh, X, Y, and Z. Uh, our initial goal for the book was two thousand dollars that we had on there. Um, I promise you, it does not take two thousand dollars to make this book. It's a lot more. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and uh, you know, of course, it's you know, you, you you pay pay your artist. That's first and foremost. Everybody listening, pay your artist. Yes. Uh, yes. Always pay your artist. Uh, and, um, you know, you pay for variant covers, artists, things like that. And then of course, uh, the, the biggest thing printing, printing is crazy expensive. Um, but so that's why like you all, we're always pushing, right? We always need people to, to look at this thing and, and to, to check it out and hopefully you'll like it and you'll want to spend your hard earned money on, on one of our books and one of our stories. Um, you know, so whenever you're running a Kickstarter, it's 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 nerve wracking, and I act like I'm not used to it yet because we this is like we're coming up on like our tenth Kickstarter already, wow. and again I act like I'm I'm not used to it, um, but it's the the first two days and the last two days are your busiest. That's where you see everything, um, so it's always that middle ground with the lull, mm-hmm. but we haven't really had that with this one too bad, and that's what's been kind of wild to see. Well, I think it just goes back to the word of mouth is being spread. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. this just because of the Nerd Initiative affiliation. Right. I think because uh, I've had legitimate other people that don't know anything about that, like re- reach out and are like, oh, have you checked this out? Like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, yeah. it's a fun book. Like I say, it's it's something mm-hmm. that if you're not used to this universe, this is a great jump in point. And if you are, I mean, this just plays right in the wheelhouse. 
And I right. think, and I think that seeing how much it's exploded, I couldn't be more happy for you. And well, thank you. And, and the whole team. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's it's no one person does this. And to see your team, you know, continue to grow in the success like this, I mean, it's phenomenal. And then to really say, like, when we get to the end of the campaign, everybody can look back and say, like, look at what we did. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, and I have just you know, obviously been beyond grateful to surround myself with the team that I have Mm -hmm. because everyone on the team is everyone else's biggest fan. And it's just so cool to see that. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's truly remarkable too. Cause like Mm -hmm. I say, whenever, you know, when I always have a saying that when one wins, we all win. And that's right, 100%. And, that, and you got to get with that with your team. If you don't have that on your on your team, you're on the wrong team. And that's right. one thing you can definitely tell with what Top Hat Studios is doing. It just seems like everybody has that vibe too and everybody is just you see with the various campaigns like everybody's contributing variants, everybody's getting involved, everybody's doing something mm-hmm. with it. And to now you have this big success going on too going into the final stretch run. I think you guys are going to put a big exclamation point on this campaign. And then where do we go from here? Yeah, uh that's what's crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're working on a couple different stories too, but the trajectory that we're kind of setting up for ourselves is, um, you know, without saying too, too much, because, you know, of course, ODPH and Nerd Initiative, these guys will be, uh, will probably be one of the first to hear whenever we finally have it. But uh, expect to see Pocus Hocus in your comic book stores very, very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, we're we're crazy excited for that. Um so with that being said, um we and you know, I don't mean it in in any way this way, but we have to take a little bit of a step back from Pocus 6 for mm-hmm. the time being because we need to let the the shop run breathe for a little bit. Sure. If that, that makes, makes sense. sense. No, no, that makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah, because we we don't want to have uh, mixed messaging and mixed marketing because we always offer catch-up tiers, catch-up campaigns, you know, things like that. So we just want to make sure that we can let that run breathe for a little bit, let it do its thing, because Pocus 1, 2, 3, and 4 are going to be a a back-to-back run, which is just kind of crazy to think about. But that's awesome. I mean, that's truly a remarkable feat. I mean, you think about how big... Comics have been coming from Kickstarter and now going to a major publisher and now going to the comic shops. I mean, obviously, it's one thing to do directly, and that's awesome, too. But when you finally get that book on the shelf and when you walk into a shop, and there, I, I stress this so much every time we talk about comics on the ODPH. There's nothing like walking into your comic shop on a new comic day and seeing a book there that you're like, wow, and just having that emotion going in. I mean... Obviously, when Pocus hits the shelves, even though it's been out for Kickstarter, there's still going to be that emotion because right. there's yep. there's no way you can duplicate that. I mean, you can have it mailed to you, sure. But when you go into a shop and see it sitting there with all the big publishers and all the small tier level books there, and you know, like, is that the biggest sign that they say we've made it? Yeah, that's it's. I think the biggest sign to say that we made it is whenever we see like a Netflix sponsor. You know what I mean? Like you see Focus Focus on Netflix or something like that. But no, for for everyone at the team though, like we we have been so 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 stupid excited uh, for that, um, and we 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 just can't wait to see how it does. But um, so with that being said though, 
um, you know, originally Pocus Hocus six was going to be our next campaign, Mm -hmm. but how the, how the release is going to line up. uh, We, we do need to focus on that obviously. And then we'll be delivering Pocus six right after uh, we, we feel comfortable like it's ready. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, And then, so our next campaign that we're going to be doing is grandma chainsaw number three. Okay. And then um, we're going to, cause we're, we're really excited and I don't want to say we're trying to rush it, but we know that this story has an ending. Okay. And we're just ready just to get it out there, get the trade paperback done and, and in everyone's hands too. Uh, but we're working with Kit Wallace on, on something else as well. And then uh, we're also going to be working with Kit again, of course on horse too. So yeah, we're, we have a couple different ideas because like I said, whenever uh, Will and I sat down to, to write this thing, um, we, we went in with two stories in mind. We mm-hmm. didn't went in with what if this fails and doesn't do anything. And what if this does really well, what kind of stories can we make with this and what will actually, you know, do well and, and all this stuff. So yeah, we have, we have a couple different things that we're going to be handling and working on. So uh, we're, we're just so excited. And honestly, the, the best word I can think to use for all this is grateful. Well, you know, it's a testament to you and your team. I mean, this is something that I am very fortunate in my position. I get to see a lot of comic creators put in the work and, you know, you really see who's hustling and really seeing who's trying to drive it and who's one that can connect with the fans. And I think for what your team does, I think is a true staple of how other campaigns should be run because you've always been very gracious about jumping on anybody's show to go talk about the book, anything anybody's ever needed, you guys hook up. And especially for being so welcoming to fans, like with, oh, all, yeah. with all the campaigns. I mean, it, it's so DIY, but it's so much like it's a fan making a book for fans. Like that's yeah. the vibe. And that's the thing we always try to look at. Like, who are we to deny anybody? Right. Because sure. whenever, whenever we were first starting out, like, it's hard to, we never really, you know, it's hard to get a chance and where do you start? And, you know, we, we've had just you guys and, you know, obviously geek freaks and, you know, nerd initiative, uh, they've come recently, but they feel like they've been here since the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, again, just can't thank the whole community enough too. Yeah. I mean, well, no, I mean, it's, it's our pleasure because like I say, the books stand out on their own. Like I honestly feel if, if we weren't connected for some reason, their initiative wasn't involved. I think it would just get out on its own. I mean, the book is that good and it's just, it stands on its own two feet. I mean, when you have something that can generate that much buzz and it's an enjoyable read and it's nothing that is so over the top that, you know, you're, you're intimidated by it, but yet mm-hmm. it's nothing so silly, I guess is kind of a word to put. That, oh no, it's silly. Well, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's silly. It's silly in the good sense. Like there's not so yeah. much like over the top slapstick humor. Yeah, I you got know? you. Like that's that's the kind of thing with it. That when you can do something like that, and mm-hmm. it's something that we do see in other books, but I think it comes off so genuine. And I mean, that's the one thing that we can definitely see as readers. There is such an authenticity to it mm-hmm. that you can definitely tell that everybody's having fun doing this book that it's not meant to be so over the top and we're seeing really how far we can push it and then the reaction obviously speaks for itself that you have growing campaigns you have so much word of mouth involved to it i mean it's just it's goes back to what you guys are willing to do for this and really get fans excited about it and that's one of the best things about comics is like when you can get with other fans and say have you checked this book out and just have that conversation and get that excitement going i mean you know whatever with everything you all are doing over there that that's where it really jumps out oh i appreciate that so much thank you oh absolutely man so before i let you go obviously we're talking 
Horus, maybe, you know, or Pocus Focus on Netflix or something in that variation. <laughs> so if you had your chance to cross over Horus with anybody on a live action and animated, who would it be and why? I had to throw a curveball in the spot. So yeah, no. Uh, who would you want? To, what would you want to see? See, I, you know, I'm kind of like mixed a little bit because okay. I, I would love to see a cameo in, in like the world of the boys. I think that would yeah. be just like completely <laughs> out of control. You know, like we're yeah, talking about um, like live action. But I mean, I think, yeah. So Horace would kind of probably fit really well in like a, uh, a actually probably just anything that James Gunn would do. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like you could see Horace popping up in Guardians of the Galaxy or, or some crazy stuff in Suicide Squad. Right. That Yeah. That would be amazing. Like I could almost see like the Dead Squad versus Horace. In like oh, a suicide, my God. In like a Suicide Squad type story. What have you done? Yeah. <laughs> what have you done? Like, yeah, just, you know, set in the middle of Florida. Yep. <laughs> the Dead Squad is now chasing after Horus for reasons. Crap, I think I have to write that now. Yes! Yeah. I'm, I'm willing this into existence <laughs> just because I think just like crossing in the Pocus verse or how, uh, however you want to define the... Uh, the yeah. Well, it's not all connected yet, but I mean, maybe it will be connected at some point. Oh, yeah, d- just give it time. I, I promise. We, we we do genuinely have a lot of stuff cooking with, with stuff, so... Yeah, but I think that that would just be, you know, a, a phenomenal read. And like I say, it's just one for the fans. Like, I think it could go crazy. And especially mm-hmm. with how animation is done, too. I would love to see just on any network an right. animated horror show. I think that that could really be something wild. 100%. I think I think that would work just great. But I'm, I might be biased, so. Oh, no, no. I think that would work in a, in a live-action Pocus Hocus, I think, would be, too. Grandma Chainsaw would be a great movie. Like, I, I think. But you, mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't know necessarily if you could do that as a show. Like, that just that would just fit, like, the 80s vibe of, like, streaming. Right. That, that needs to be just, like, a tight hour and a half, and then that's it. You're done. Yeah. But it definitely yep. would work. So, before we let you go, anything else that is going on that you want to, you know, share with the audience? Nothing I can share just yet. But just, um, just a lot of thank yous and uh, a lot of uh, hugs and kisses, and we love everybody. Absolutely. Folks, I can't stress enough. When you hear this, make sure you go click on the liner notes of this podcast. The link to the Horace in Hell campaign is in there, along with the Top Hat Substack link, so you can definitely get the latest of what's going on with these guys. And you can also get Alan's Twitter information, so you can hit him up <laughs> on Twitter. And Because like I say, they put in so much work, they give so much to the fans, it is always a pleasure to interact with them, and it's always a pleasure to support them because their work stands out on their own. I can't stress it enough. If you don't have Horace and Hell, number one in your comic book collection, you're seriously missing out on a fun, entertaining book that will definitely keep you well, well amused going into the fall when Pocus Hocus hits your comic shops. Alan, thank you again for swinging on the show. You know you're welcome back anytime. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. For anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. That is it for this edition of the show. My name is Ken M, and I've said it once. I'll say it again. Make sure you go out and buy Horse in Hell, Volume 1. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Such wasted time Swiping left and swiping right On people you could know Cause anyone who's worth a damn Be worth way more than a picture could ever show You can find the right light Find the right angle And never find your soul 
feel like a losing battle And this spot is full of holes This modern way of finding love Just makes me feel so alone And I can't be the only one Sick of staring at my phone So look up Talk to me A better way to spend our energy Just look up Talk to me time fables everyone has just one true love all i know is you're across this table and you're all i'm thinking of so look up talk to me a better way to spend our energy just look up Right on people you could know. Whoa.